211 Blu-rays. Wait, what? One more time? Jesus, Jesus. 211. You bought over the... How long? What's the the time period? Um, Right before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm... No, no, I'm... Yeah, yeah, right before Thanksgiving, because it was... They had um, Shocktober sales first, so all through the end of October and then first part of November, Mm -hmm. they had a bunch of sales, so... Yeah. So from Thanksgiving until today, 211 DVDs? Oh, since the end of October, so like last week of October. Wow. 211. In fact, no, actually, I'm sorry, because I bought uh, The Shining today uh, for 6 bucks, 686 at Walmart, because uh, uh, just because it had a slip cover on it. Um, so 212. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gold well, Command. Welcome to this. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the secrets you don't want your wife to know podcast. That's right. <laughs> I'll stop buying action figures for a few weeks, so I thought, you know. <laughs> Gotta make them for, somewhere. For a, few, I love it for, for a few weeks, I love it. Hey, man. <laughs> I'd switch it up. That's James, crazy. James, James is my... Timothy is my spirit animal. I just want to say yeah, that right absolutely. now. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, anyway... Uh, but hey, uh, I'm Tank Rodriguez, and you were listening to Jimothy James Dean. Hey, Bulge is his uh, secret obsession that you may or may not hear, because I'll probably bleep it out. Uh, and I'll let you guess no, what fine. it was. Uh, my wife doesn't My wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Okay, good. Womp, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? Womp, womp. So anyway, we got Jimothy James Dean. But one time she's like, I really want to know what you, what you do in that podcast. I'm going to listen to this one. Like, Don't listen to that one. Yeah, it's it can't get it out. It's there's a uh, there's too much adult language. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Not not intended for children or young viewers. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but yeah, of course that was Jimothy James Dean. How you doing, sir? Uh good. Sup sup sup. I'm excited for this podcast. Ready to Abs- talk about some Absolutely. some movies. Fucking lutely. Yes. Yeah. Then of course we've got Dirty Dirty Derek. How you doing, sir? Hello, I'm good, man. Oh, okay. I'm good. I'm. I am also excited uh, for, for this. Can you hear me? Am I yep. gone? No, you're good. I'm good. Okay. Like I just paused there for a minute. I'm like I'm like frozen. Like <laughs> one of those one of those frozen things. One of those Zoom meeting good, issues. I'm good. I'm. I'm super. Yeah. <laughs> like that is why wow, that's the dumb face you're going to be frozen on when you leave the meeting. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm good, man. I'm super. I'm super excited. I definitely uh, was was ready, ready to record and uh, and talk about some movies. Absolutely, movie misfits. And of podcast. course, and of sure. course, uh, you know, before we do that, and before I ask what y'all been watching, uh, you know, just real quick, we are going to be talking about uh, best fight scenes. Uh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if we're doing top five or not. Are we doing top five? Doing top five. Awesome. Okay, great. Top five. Yeah, top five. Uh, and then, of course, we ask what y'all have been watching. Uh, but the big news today, uh, yeah, uh, early this morning, uh, that Warner Brothers is going to de- debut their entire 2021 film slate, uh, which includes Dune and Matrix 4. Uh, it's going to be in theaters, but as well as on HBO Max. That's in yep. the sign of the Woo-hoo! time. Save me money. Gentlemen. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, are there movies like? Do, do, I mean, I know y'all aren't fancy of the Matrix. 
uh, franchise at all. Um, but I mean, was it? Are, isn't that the type of movie you want to see, like in THX and you know at the theaters and get that full you know cinem- cinematic you know uh, experience? Yeah, I mean, say what you will about the uh, Wachowski sisters, but like <laughs> every movie's that's what they go by. Uh, yeah. um, uh, but that's, I mean, that's what they do is they make very, I mean, say Speed Racer, uh, which I think is an underrated movie. I think it's a pretty mm. fun movie. But what, man, what a visual, you know, uh, accomplishment that is. Yeah, some of the other movies haven't been, uh, you know, great, but they're all, at least they always look interesting. So I, I can see your point. That would be something you'd want to see. Yeah on the biggest possible screen and stuff. So I, I, I see your I point. Like, I think like it's, it is cool though, in the sense of like, and I, I'm maybe use the, uh, the James Gunn suicide squad. as like a really prime example of this, right? Like that is a movie that sounds really awesome better than the, better than the predecessor, but you're still kind of on the fence about it when you think about it. So like, if I can watch that in, you know, at home on HBO max, and it's really kick ass, like, and it's safe for me to go to the movies. I'll still go to the movies and watch it because yeah, I mean, yeah. hell, I'll go to the movies and watch things more than once, anyways. But that that, um, that that wouldn't be the demographic, though, you know, or the highest highest demographic of you know once you know one and done kind of deal. Uh, if I can, if I can spend, I'm not sure what HBO Max cost uh, per month, uh, but you know, if I could just spend that once a month, you know, and watch the movies I want to watch, I'm not sure if there's going to be a lot of you know uh, carryover from seeing it at home to the, at the theaters, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I right now, it, go ahead. Right now, you can't. I mean, people aren't going to theaters for public safety reasons. Mm-hmm. So, like, and like, look at something like Godzilla versus King Kong, mm-hmm. um, or Kong versus Godzilla. They've pushed that back so many times. Now they're just gonna have to release it on Netflix because they've waited too long. People are like, "Well, it's gonna be on here. It's yeah. gonna be HBO Max." But I mean, yeah. it, it's one of those things too. Like, it, it is in a sense a smart move because they don't have to worry about, you know, the cut of the box office. Like they're yeah. releasing it. Not only is it a beneficial thing for HBO max because HBO max, you know, has that deal. And, and I'm sure is, is paying plenty of money to have those, you know, those immediate uh, connections to those movies. But on top of that, they, I'm sure they get a percentage of the profits that come in from like the subscription of HBO max. Cause like, even if you pay say $8, for a one month subscription to HBO Max and you cancel, that's still way cheaper than going to the movies with a family. Well, but so the one thing is though, are they, have they confirmed it's not going to be an extra pay deal not, like the way that did? It, yeah, no. They've not. confirmed that though. It says it on, yep, the, on the commercials. Yeah, they confirmed that. Yep. Wow. Okay. That's, it's going okay. to be just like, no, I mean, here's, here's my initial thought. It's like, Wonder Woman 1984 will be the, like the test run for, yeah. but I, I think what they've learned and I think what was learned with like when Mulan launched on like Dis- Disney streaming was that like, I don't know if people really buy into the whole like uh, rental when you already have a sc- streaming service. Like Voodoo is a little bit different. Like if I rent a movie on Voodoo, I know that I'm renting a movie on Voodoo. Voodoo doesn't have a subscription, so I'm exactly. not, you know, I'm not, it's nothing different than my normal day-to-day, but if I pay for, you know, HBO Max, and then they charge me an additional $20 <laughs> to, to rent a movie, 
So at well, least, yeah, I mean, so actually, one, one second. Pay for it, 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 it actually looks like it's going to be um, uh, like a one-year mark, uh, a one-year uh, purchase in order to get those movies. I think that's okay. That makes yeah. more sense. So it, you're gonna, yeah. but I mean, the truth. If you're guaranteeing me that you're going to have uh, twelve movies out that I am potentially would want to watch, like blockbusters, and they're going to go directly to HBO Max. Sure, shit. I'm gonna pay the sixty or seventy dollars for the year. It for itself. Get all yeah. all the content and like watch it at home. Like especially when you don't know the, the landscape of what's gonna exist when all this is said and done. So like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a little bit of a racket, but still, it's you know, yeah. If you're not by yourself, it's still way cheaper than paying to yeah, go. And 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 these movies are coming out like throughout the year, like. Mortal Kombat January fifteenth, all the way up until Matrix Four December twenty second. So, and there's movies like pretty much every month in between there that are coming out, and they're actually like really you know solid titles like the Godzilla vs Kong, the Tom and Jerry, which actually looks really good. I actually smiled watching that trailer. Yeah, um, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, right. It was actually it was a different take. And I love Michael Pena too. Um, But yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's so interesting. It just like I it's never, a weird time we live in, yeah, for certain. So it is weird. super weird. But anyway, but I'm, people, I'm glad you real quick. I'm glad you brought Mortal Kombat because that's something I'm actually. I think because I don't. I mean, I know I've seen you know some cats and news or some rumors and stuff, but I, I because I have, we haven't seen anything from it, and I've always felt like that was a franchise that's so cinematic that really was of all like the different video game franchises that yeah. it, this one has a very involved story and like that. But uh, I'm very I'm excited. That's that's a movie I'm optimistically excited for because yeah, I've a fan me of too. Yeah. me too and it's and it's an R yep. which is fantastic so I know when they've uh, you know they've done I think they, they did they did it before and it, and it definitely was not an R um, and it's also got James Wan and I think he does a, I think he does yeah. a good job like I don't think he holds back on like the effects either and when you're talking about Mortal Kombat like that's what you need but yeah, that's. I mean, that was one of the things I was going to bring up is that movie because that's one I'm excited about. That's coming out in you know 21. So uh, did you did you guys see that um, Mishima? They Mishima was doing that TV like they had their like Michael Jai White was playing Jax, um, but it was like a very like almost yes, like yes. seven meets Mortal yes. Kombat. Yes, and then Baraka was, in there too. Yeah, All but Baraka instead of being like a, an alien or you know some other like a nether world demon. He was just like a dude with like who was like psychotic and put like blades through his skin. It yeah. was a little like eye rolly, but it was also done so like balanced with like the the mood and edginess with like a little bit of like a sense of humor. So it was done so well. I thought this is really fun, and I thought it was like you know uh, had a lot of potential. But then Mishima went titties up, and yeah, Mishima is a fucking there's a devil <laughs> of <Yeah>. YouTube. So. <laughs> well, they're gone now. So, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this. I'm I'm excited for that franchise, and it does again. Mortal Kombat has some amazing fight sequences, so I feel like it it definitely is a uh, relevant to our topic tonight. Absolutely. Uh, any other news that y'all know about? Y'all wanted to talk about, or do y'all want to move on to what y'all been watching? Um, no, I mean, I the one thing I, I did want to call is I don't know if you guys have have heard uh, about. Uh, the movie tomorrow, the Tomorrow War. Sounds familiar. But t- t- tomorrow it, war. It, yeah, I haven't heard of that. It, it's basically it's basically set in the future where um, they. I don't know the exact premise, but basically, what the government does is they actually go back in time 
to take like the order all history to like wage battle um against like the like fate of humanity so like they, they're not like winning it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like the edge of the the edge of tomorrow but instead of like time looping it's like in order to beat these guys we need to like take all the great like warriors from history and like bring them together to like mm. fight uh this battle actually looks pretty cool it's got it's got a ton of uh it's, you know got a ton of great cast i know like uh, i think chris pratt is in there yeah. there's um there's a, there's a whole bunch a uh, whole bunch of people in there that a it looks lot, really good though a lot of people are in that movie yeah yeah i'm i'm down for that that sounds cool yeah got some, got some good uh got some some good mr uh, mr my favorite jk simmons you know oh yeah uh, he's in he's in there so Jonah Jameson fighting battles, you know. <laughs> it's people forget, like, because you know he's, you know, now he's done, like, you know, he's the dad in Juno, and he's he's gotten older and stuff. But, dude, <laughs> I will always remember J.K. Simmons from Oz, the TV show Oz. So, oh my uh, god, dude! Yeah. <laughs> I just wait. Wasn't it? Wasn't he the one that got shit faced, uh, like literally? Well, so yeah. So first, <laughs> first they do it to first they. Yeah, because he he plays like the like the head of the like Aryan, Aryan yeah. gang, and like they torment throughout the first season. I forget he's a great character actor who's been in a ton of things, but through the of the first season they torment him until he breaks and he turns into a psycho. psycho. Oh man! Yeah. And then at the end of the second season he gets his he basically gets his comeuppance in the same way. So. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, that sounds cool. I'm I'm down for that. I'm I'm excited for that. Awesome. All yeah. right, guys. Well, what y'all been watching? Tons of stuff. Uh, T- tons of stuff. Um, uh, I'll go first, I guess, uh, since I'm already talking. I guess. Uh, just I-, I won't go through all of it. Um, in fact, uh, I think I mentioned on our last podcast uh, about uh, the um, Female Prisoner Scorpion series, and I do want to go more into depth on that. I-, I won't do that now because there's so much to divulge, but having seen all the ones that are available, I can say it's one of the most just one of my new favorite film franchises of all time. It's it's so perfectly 70s and so perfectly Japanese. Um, you know, one of the best sort of like revenge, you know, women in prison, even though by the third film, or even I think, I mean, it, it breaks away from that, that trope in, in the series. Um, in fact, I think it actually gets really interesting when it's not in prison, but... Um, but yeah, it's a really great series. I want to talk about more. Um, the female actress, whose name I will not try to pronounce right now, um, is incredible. Uh, she, I guess, you know, she's she's sort of known as the queen of exploitation in Japan. Um, and some of the other stuff I've seen, I, I looked her up and saw that she was in it. It is also amazing. So, but yeah, we'll have to get into that. Um, but I did watch The Hunt. So I watched The Hunt, uh, the, the, the one that came oh, out this year. okay. And I fucking loved All it. All right. I really loved yeah, it. Right? I thought it was really, really well done. Um, you know, as somebody who, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, knee jerk reaction would be like, you know, should be maybe politically offended by that movie. I'm definitely not because first off, if you get offended by movies, uh, you're, I don't know. Um, it, I don't. I mean, work of fiction is fiction. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless it's like, you know. Uh, uh, you know, birth of a nation or something. Uh, but anyways, but you know, I thought, I thought, first of all, I thought it was clever. I thought it was extremely well written. Um, I thought the, 
uh, it mixed, you know, violence and action and comedy really well. Um, I think um, the the cast, you know, the outside of a few, you know, is mainly, you know, people you didn't know. Um, even though I love like Dennis, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but I love him. Um, Dennis Reynolds, basically. Um, from, uh, uh, yeah, Glenn, Glenn he doesn't have a big part. Glenn Howerton, although yeah, Glenn Howerton, thank you. I, I wish there we could have gotten yeah. more Glenn Howerton, but um, but mainly like I thought that uh, Betty Gilpin, who I loved from um, uh, Glow, I thought she was such a like a very believable, um, entertaining lead like female action star. I'm like I I want to see more of these movies just because I thought she was so yeah. great. Um, that she kicked some ass yeah, right in that cool. movie. Like I was I was she surprised. kicked ass and yeah. I actually think the the fight sequences with her and, um, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, but I think the uh, fight scene with her and Hillary Swank was on par with something like Kill Bill. Like you know, like I thought the the fight sequence was amazing and like that's, really. See, that's that's exactly what I thought. I, I was like, this reminds me of the uh, Uma Thurman, Vivica Fox, yep. like kitchen fight scene, like from Kill Bill. Yeah, and you take two people like who aren't necessarily real, like you know, you know martial artists or whatever and it was very believable very brutal but still had like told a really good story um yeah i thought it was really clever um i thought in fact that it sort of subverts like you're you know you know you see a certain segment of people as the gun nut so in this it's like all like you know i don't know I, I thought it was really clever and i really enjoyed it and i i it's one of the rare films i would say i actually would if they did it hunt too I'd be excited to see it, especially yeah. like I said, if the same creative team comes back and Betty Gilpin uh, is the star, I'm like, give me more of that. Um, well, I mean, you know, especially based on the way that it ended. I mean, you could totally, yeah. you know, you totally, yeah. I mean, I, I just love you, you know, she, I, I love her humor in it. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's a great mix of action and humor. Um, yep. Yeah. She just, yeah, she just kicks ass. And, you know, it's funny because when I, when I watched it, I was like, this is I, I totally actually thought it was the other way around. I thought like the the, the uh, yeah I, I got the the political parties mix like yes <laughs> I thought you know and I think that's just because in your nature that's what you think of but yeah. um, it didn't make me hate the character any uh, you know uh, didn't make me hate the character knowing no. that it was reversed yeah um, I just think she did a great job and I I like the supporting cast too. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, for killing Emma Roberts. Like, yeah. and, and spoiler alert, uh, within the first like five minutes of that movie, because I'm like, she cannot be a sole survivor in that movie. Like, yeah, again, and that's another thing I like because it's kind of once you see her, you're like, oh shit, she's going to carry this movie. And spoiler alert, yeah. she gets killed very quickly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I will say, I like, and, and spoiler again, um, <laughs> my whole part of that entire movie the woman who keeps landing in the pit she's like yep. it's my birthday and i just want to eat a pie <laughs> i'm like that's great he gets arrested yeah. only get blown up again to be put in the pit like oh, oh the, viol the, the, the violence is really and the gore and effects are perfect yeah. like the explosions and stuff are great um yeah like i really enjoyed it and like i said i think the idea of it subverting expectation of thinking like oh well obviously it's going to be the gun loving you know, uh, you know, um, you know, warmongers are gonna like. No, it's the other way. It's like these, like you know, these uh, fucking, you know, the sort of cartoonishly uh, entitled, uh, you know, um, you know, 
reactionary left, uh, you know, who, you know, chastise each other for, you know, uh, eating meat and stuff. Like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. It, you know, this is a satirical thing that I, I can get down with. Um, but yeah, I thought overall, I, I ultimately, though, I just thought, I mean, Damon Lindelof and stuff, I mean, you know, he co-wrote it. So, like, they had legitimate people working on it. But um, mainly, I just want to see Betty Gilpin come back. Like, first, I, I think she's, I mean, uh, I think she's, I'm not somebody who normally, like, actresses in Hollywood, I don't normally find them as physically attractive. Like, like say, an Emma Roberts. I, Emma Roberts could pass me in the streets. I wouldn't even notice her. Like, you know, a lot of what Hollywood considers, like, the attractive actresses or the beautiful actresses, I have, it's just not my type. But Betty Kilpin, um, I, who, like I said, I think she's very attractive. I think she's, um, first off, I think I like the fact that she's clearly not in her 20s. Like, she's, like, in her mid-30s at least. So she's, like, an actual real woman. But I think she... To me, she's like, you know, at first, I just think she's a great actress. I think she has a lot of gravitas. And again, she had a very, like, her character was very much, you would see like a Bruce Campbell or a Kurt uh, Russell kind of actor in that role where it's like, very, like, she, everybody's a moron and like, she doesn't have to say much. It's like everything she says is kind of sarcastic and she kind of like looks at everybody like they're dumb. I thought she did that perfectly. And you don't normally see women, especially like, you know, women of her type in those kind of roles. So I, overall I thought it was great. And uh, I, it's one of the movies now I think I actually will probably end up owning. Um, uh, I watched Jackie Chan's The Protector because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, and I remember hating it when I saw it as a kid because it was Jackie Chan not being the Jackie Chan that, you know, um, I knew, you know, knew like in the Jackie Chan, the funny, it was Jackie Chan trying to be like a, like a silent badass. So I used to really hate it. Um, but I rewatched it kind of with just like, I'm just going to, you know, kind of cleanse the palate, uh, kind of, um, uh, it's, it's one of the movies I'm not going to have to pay attention to, but I ended up getting really pulled into it. Um, and, uh, I was surprised, like it, it's not a, gr let me just say, it's not a great movie and there's definitely reasons why it, it is, um, it's, you know, it hasn't held up as far as like with Jackie Chan's first real exposure to American audiences. Like they were trying to make him, you know, like a more stereotypical American, like Clint Eastwood type, like a badass. And it's just like, dude, that doesn't, you know, that just doesn't work. But um, first off, it's got a, 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 an early sequence, action sequence where big John stud plays a, uh, a, um, a henchman, like, or like this, like criminal, and fucking Christ, I forgot like how big Big John Stud was compared to normal size guys. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, he's a mountain. But he put again. But then it's like you have Big John Stud, and that's why like you know you have Big John Stud and Jackie Chan. You're like, oh, this is gonna be a great one of those little fast guy, big, huge, strong guy. No, nope. Jackie Chan just shoots him in the bathroom, wastes <laughs> like the whole potential. But um, but I will say the <laughs> final fight sequence between Jackie Chan and. Uh, Bill Superfoot Wallace, um, who is a legendary martial artist, so one of the most winned um, American uh, cry champions of all time. Uh, that was a really great fight scene, but overall, like I said, it, it, I thought it was actually a, a much more like enjoyable, typical '70s crime. Like a, it's like a, it's like a cop movie, almost like Dirty Harry, but with Jackie Chan and and some martial arts thrown in. Uh, but there's still a lot of, I mean, most of the action is gun base and fight shooting and very typical cop drama. 
But um, I didn't hate it. I just, I, in fact, I think I was just more interested because Jackie Chan's, you know, at one point he's like talking about, you know, making love to the ladies. And you're like, what the fuck? This is Jackie Chan talking about fucking ladies? That doesn't make sense. Um, despite Jackie Chan's massive. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> exactly. Um, but then I also watched uh, Hollywood Vice Squad, um, which I hadn't seen also in so long. Um, and I forgot, like, you know, it's such a, you know, I don't know if it's an official sequel to the movie Vice Squad because the Vice Squad is, the original movie Vice Squad is hard-boiled, like, you know, very, like, uh, you know, you know, not necessarily at the same quality of, like, say, a taxi driver, but that same level of grittiness. And, like, Hollywood Vice Squad is uh, not that at all. <laughs> um, but, man, what a fun movie. He's got, you know, you know, Carrie Fisher kind of slumming it, uh, you know, at post-Star Wars. Um uh, you know, there's actually got like it's it's got some solid people in the cast. Um, but yeah, Hollywood Vice Squad's basically like it's exactly what it is. It's like a Vice Squad team in Hollywood, and they're trying to take down like Carrie Fisher's story. She's trying to take down this like it's it's weirdly puritanical because like it's just like a pornographer who makes S and M films, and inherently that's just terrible. Like so, it's like what? That's not like that's weirdly king shaming of you 70s um but you know the rest of them are just like about you know prostitution but it's really fun and stupid and like it's got some really like the first like five minutes it's like the most un-pc thing it's like oh my god in fact it's like every five minutes they say something where you're like oh god this is has not uh, aged well, uh, you know either dropping like homophobic slurs or racial slurs or but you know for comedy's oh, sake yeah. um trans slurs um but one of my favorite things is one of the villains in it is Frank Gorshin, uh, Batman's the Riddler. Um, he plays one of the two main villains in it, kind of the main villain. Um, but yeah, but it's it's a fun '70s like you know uh, based off of movies like you know all like the Angel and Avenger, like all those like revenge movies and cop you know like gritty crime dramas and cop dramas of the '70s, but done more like silly like more fun and uh, it's pretty fun so yeah i mean it could talk about way more but i don't want to turn this whole podcast on that but yeah those are the three ones i wanted to talk about nice what about you derek uh so i i watched uh i watched the fat man with uh with Mel did Gibson. you i did and man i'm telling you it, number one mel gibson shined in that movie good for you mel gibson did a great job also uh, Walter Goggins, man, I'd watch that guy in an oatmeal commercial. He Fuck is yes. fucking yep. amazing. And the two of them together, like, they have such great screen chemistry. Like, I was kind of like, I was kind of like, man, I wish they would be in more movies together. These guys would make an amazing, like, buddy cop movie. Bring Walter Goggins into the next Lethal Weapon movie. Have him right? be the, replace Chris Rock. That's right. Rock. And then, uh, you know, yeah, I it was good though. I was actually way better than I thought it was gonna be. I watched it kind of a, uh, you know, kind of on a lark, just kind of like, you know, didn't have much to watch, and I was like, you know, it's out there, it's for rental, like I'm gonna check it out on Voodoo. Uh, but I was like really pleasantly surprised. The story was great, the action was great, like there was a lot of great humor mixed in with action, um, which was fantastic. So I I, w- I won't spoil it too much, but um, definitely a, a version of Santa Claus that I had not seen brought to life. Yeah, it actually reminded me of uh, it reminded me of the uh, 
in a way, and not directly, but indirectly, of like uh, in the movie Scrooge, where they're uh, they they have like yep. the, uh, the I know exactly yeah. Santa Claus in the beginning, and I'm like, that's where they got this from. They got it from Scrooge with uh, um, what's his Lee um uh yeah Lee Majors Lee Majors yeah, which is great, yeah. Um, so I watched that. I challenged myself to watch the Mission Impossible series this week. Interesting. Um, so, and I got through them all. Um, oh wow! So I I, I pushed myself last week to watch. What there are there, fi- are there mainly, five? I uh, know there's like six. I think now. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, crazy. Um, yeah. It, I think they're like filming number seven now. Um, do they have like seven and eight lined up? And so here's the thing. I, I've always made it very clear. Not a huge fan of Tom Cruise, like anything like posts, like the eighties. Um, I won't even say like it's his stature because it's really not like I could care less. I know a lot of people shit on him for Jack Reacher um, and how he like didn't fit the role. I actually think he did a better job in that movie than I then I like him in Mission Impossible. But yeah, I guess the first two and then realize Mission Impossible and Fast and Furious are pretty much like the same, except they're replacing spies with cars. Like yeah. in one of those movies. Um and then with the introduction of Henry Cavill and, you know, like MI six and and then they do introduce cars at some point, like there'd be you know, planes <laughs> and ridiculous sunset. I kind of at like some point around like the, the fourth or fifth movie, I was like kind of forgot what franchise I was actually watching. I was like, where's a rock? Like, where's Jason Statham in this movie? Um, man, I, I don't know. I just, uh, it, it's funny when you, I, I feel like, and then I, I really started thinking because that's, that's kind of what got me thinking about this, this podcast about best fight sequences, because I'll give credit. Like a lot of these movies have really very interesting, like choreographed fight sequences. Um, so they do that really well, but they're, they're, really are uh super like cookie cutter um like and and that kind of fun watch as much as you can make tom cruise i I did have to like just take a step away for a few minutes and like tom cruise i don't get you um but not not a bad series if you're looking for something to binge watch and you have time in your hands and uh you don't care much about plot um Please watch watch Tom Cruise do ridiculous stunts of Mission Impossible. Apparently, he does all his own, and uh, yep. you know, so um, the fact that he's still breathing <laughs> after uh, some of those things is is very impressive, um, to say the least. I you did bring up a really interesting point, James. So I just want to kind of circle back on it when you were talking about movies that have um, like like homophobic and trans slurs in them. So. You know, obviously, you watch the '80s movies. Like we talk a lot about '80s movies, of and those course. are really, really common yeah. there. But I also realized, like, movies even just a decade ago were pretty, like, yeah. pretty common to have in you. Is like a lot of like homophobic slurs in them. I, I was watching like a few earlier in the week, and they weren't they were horror related. But I was like, I was like, it's, it's like this is like 2009. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're really like we're not come that far in like a decade that we we use those terms. I don't know, man. It was just threw me off. I did I did like second guess like what year I was watching the movie, and um, but it, it's crazy, man. I you know I mean obviously movies are what they are, and I you know I think to a degree you kind of expect that in something like an eighties movie, but you watch something in like the the you know 
you know, first decade of the 2000s, like didn't really expect it as much in those movies, but maybe, maybe that's wrong of me to expect that. But anyways, just wanted to call that out before we get into fight sequences. So. Sweet. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing is like the, yeah, like up until just very recently, trans, transsexuals like were like the one thing that everybody made fun of. You'd say trannies, lady boys, like, uh, Thailand lady boys, like it, it, you know, yeah. people didn't think it was offensive for some reason, forgetting that they're a whole section of humanity. But uh, yeah. but yeah, no, and that I mean that's the one thing though. As somebody who is you know like yourself, older, grew up through the late seventies and throughout the entirety of the eighties, uh, I can ha- I can I can still remember like you can't change the past. Like and we should, we definitely shouldn't re- like try to rewrite the past. We have to like understand like look at that and, and the appropriate response should be like a little bit of being mortified a little bit but again it, it i can like look at a like a, a film out of the 70s even something like cruising which uh you know can't comes across mod, as modern is very homophobic but the time it was like almost seen as realistic but i can look at that and go like it's a it's a product of its time and you know but uh I can still enjoy it for what it is, or sort of, but we just we just now know better. But, anyways, we don't we we won't get too far off into that. Um, but I will ask no, Derek. I, I do um, want to bring it. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go right ahead. I I, I was just going to ask you guys real quick um, if you guys and I know it's not it's kind of action, but not really like I mean movie related. But I don't know if you guys heard about the uh, the Toxic Adventure. Yes, uh, I was gonna with, uh, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up on the next podcast. But uh, that's yes. all right. We can talk about it there. I don't get it. I mean, I'm all for it because I love Peter. I mean, if you know me, you know my shot. I mean, for a very long time, my admiration for the dink, Peter Dinklage, um, well before Game of Thrones. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I don't know how they're going to do like if it's like if it's going to be CGI and Peter Dinklage the voice or uh, who knows. But uh, either way, all I needed to see was the the. Toxic Avenger and Peter Dinklage in the same headline, and I was like, "Oh, oh whatever, I'm I'm there for it." I don't even care. I don't even yeah. care. I'm gonna watch it. I, you know, actually, funny enough, I, I, you know, there's a lot. Of, like online about it, dig into it later. I'd love to talk about Toxic Avenger actually on the next uh, sure. on our other podcast. But um, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Like in the original Toxic Avenger, I don't think the same actor who played you know Melvin the janitor was the same guy who played the. Toxie, so I mean, no. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Is he going to play Melvin before he gets transformed? I would think but, so. But yeah, which is like obviously. I mean, are you going to have a th- three and a half foot? Like, I, I mean, just come on. Like, but who knows? They've done weirder shit, and I mean, if you know, who knows if this is like a, uh, you know, like he would, a, he would a also make a great. Movie. Who'd also make a great gang leader? That's all I'm saying. Like, well, apparently he's the star of it, though. I mean, he's. I mean. But again, like I, everybody's saying, well, like they're not going to cast a person as Toxic Avenger, anything, and they're probably going to be CGI or like, which God, I hope not, but uh, we'll see. Either way, Peter Dinklage, Toxic Avenger, sure, give me more of that. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, y'all ready? Yeah, we're going to talk about our favorite Wait. action sequences, and and yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah absolutely. Uh, but really quick, just to uh, take care of a little bit of business, and maybe it's just on my end, and that way I'll, I'll know. But Jimothy, is is Derek breaking up every now and then on your end, or no? He is. I, I didn't okay. know if it was my connection. Yeah. Oh. Right. Uh, Reason. Yeah, just a little bit, sir. Yeah, just I guess to... I'm gonna I'm gonna remove my 
virtual movie misfits background to see if it will help with my uh, all right okay yeah so we are doing we are doing the top five fight sequence or action sequences no Uh, it's specifically fight scenes right okay 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 great i was making sure Uh, yeah top five fight scenes in all the movies and since y'all are doing fight since y'all are doing top five i just wanted to share one with with y'all really quick um, it's not so much. I mean, it, it. I think it is a fight scene for the most part, but one of my favorite moments before a fight started, uh, and that's why I kind of hinted at when I sent the uh, my uh, Jackie Chan gif, uh, <clears throat> was from Rumble in the Bronx when he takes off the the car antenna uh, when he's being mooned and he just whacks the well, fuck like, out of him on his ass, dude. Yeah, like, I saw that and I like because. You know, I grew up. I grew up getting you know spanked with belts, so I knew the smaller the object, you know, the the heart, the worse it was gonna hurt. And when I saw yep. that, I laughed my nine year old ass off. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny though. Like, I mean, it's telling because when you said you were nine, I was a grown ass man when that shit came out. I know. <laughs> really? But no, that's great. No, I mean, that's that's not. We're what ten years apart. Yeah, I was I was like twenty or whatever when that movie nineteen eighteen nineteen. I remember. Bronx. Let's see. It was what? like ninety three or ninety four. Ninety five. Okay, yeah, I was ninety five. Yes, yeah, so I was eighteen I, years I, old. I was yeah, nine. yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Oh, but I mean, man. that's a great movie, and, yeah. and I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great uh, sequences. But yeah, no, and and, and and it's one of many uh, that he 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 he. Uh, I think it was a broken foot. Uh, no, or a broken hand that, that he might have still done the movie and still doing his own stunts. Oh, we we could make a whole podcast about Jackie Chan's injuries. Yeah, exactly. Um, while still filming. Well, I'm glad you you brought up Jackie Chan, uh, Tank, because I did do need to just say straight up, uh, all five of mine are all going to be martial art movies. <laughs> there's no American movies it. on my list. I knew it. I knew <laughs> like, it. There's just no they, to me they can't they don't even compare. And this, I this is this is that. why uh, Jimmy we we are on a podcast together because I can leave it to you to do that and then I okay. can pick I can totally Americanize my fight sequences. And all right, let's, well that works out perfectly. I, uh, good, like so. And I, one. You got one except for one. I have. Okay, well I'm, I'll say mm-hmm. two. I'll start off just say my I do have my my runners up as I get in my list. We'll go over you know. We'll touch upon some other movies when I talk about the movies I ch- choose because they'll be related. But I will say, um, you know, there's a ton of movies I could have chosen. Um, uh, so I really, I mean, I will say honestly, of the the however long over a year, over two years, however long we've been doing these goddamn podcasts, over a year, I, the, over a year. Mm-hmm. This is was the hardest episode for me to whittle down to just five. Really, um, to really True. to yeah. go over because. Um, you know, I look at especially a fight sequence. I, I go over that shit like I'm a goddamn like I have a PhD in it. Like <laughs> there's a lot of factors that are involved, and, and a lot of fight scenes are very, you know, doctor uh, of ass whipping. What's up? I said you were a doctor of ass whipping. That's right. I think I thought you called me doctor asshole. I was like, yeah, you're the doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but I will say as a proctologist, but thank you. <laughs> uh, I will say they didn't make my list, but um. Special shout out to the Undisputed series, specifically Undisputed uh, two and three, because they had, especially Undisputed three, had multiple fight scenes that could have been on this. So special shout out to uh, Scott Atkins uh, and the Undisputed franchise, because I do think it's it's sorely underrated. I mean, diehard action fans, people who know their shit, 
respect it, but the populace at large do not understand like the um, just the, the amazing fight choreography and the way that they're shot in those films. Anyways, uh, Derek, do you want to start us off or do you want me, me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, okay. I, I will say an honorable mention and totally not uh, action movie related, but I still think it is a great fight sequence and it always makes me laugh. It's a good rumble. It's actually the fight scene in Anchorman. Oh, of course, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. The, the, new the first one. Rumble. Um, I, the first one, yeah. yeah. Uh, just amazing with so many cameos and all the different things uh it's just everybody rumbling together it, it always makes me laugh and even though it's not an action movie in a sense like i was like well they actually did a pretty good job of everybody kicking each other's ass so yeah, I, I will say that that it is a that is an honorable mention but i will start off with my number five um and again just like you james like this was a bitch to whittle down like and i was actually gonna uh, message you guys and say hey like we should probably do a part two of this yeah. because like I would worry, honestly, we wouldn't have time uh, to, to even touch them all. Um, but I am actually going to say uh, my number five is actually uh, from Kill Bill, uh, volume one. And it is uh, the bride versus the uh, the crazy 88 uh, oh, fight yeah. scene at the, uh, the Japanese restaurant. Um, so by far, I, I will say, like, it, it's hard not to put a lot of those movies on there, especially a movie like Kill Bill that has a lot of amazing like fight sequences in it, and obviously choreographed. But um, out of all of Kill Bill, this is by far like my favorite fight scene, uh, not only for the sheer number. Um, I love the tone uh, of the overall like just aesthetic. Like sometimes the music itself lends itself so well to to a fight sequence like yes um that it, it almost makes it like very like magical to watch um and i love a movie where where action really times well with the music um as well as like the motions and this is just one i think that like to me hits hits all the levers and of course like anytime it could be super gory <laughs> right uh with limbs flying everywhere people getting cut in half and um it's always a great time for me. So uh, it to two things I love the most, which is uh, which is which is blood and fight sequences. So um, that to me is is one of my my personal favorites. So I wrecked it as uh, number five. I I mean I yeah it's amazing fight scene, uh, stylish. I mean it's beautiful. I mean everything about it. Uh, you know Quentin Tarantino um, pulled out a magic trick with that fucking sequence because uh, having never directed a sequence like that and how meticulous that sequence is like you said how it's it's perfectly in sync with um you know the music with like the color choices like it's just a amazing sequence it's you know it's it's stylish but it's it's cool it's you know all the crazy blood and stuff um it's funny though i'm so glad that you brought that as your your first because it ties sort of indirectly into my my number five so I, I don't normally, like, even though they're really cool, one of my biggest gripes with action movies is the notorious, like, one hero versus multiple targets. Because most, like, action sequences is very unrealistic because you have usually, you have, like, dudes taking their turn to, t to attack the fighter when in a real fight, you know, dudes are just going to gang up. But that doesn't happen in sword wow. fights because you can't just fucking blindly run at somebody while they're swinging a sword. So that's what's cool about that sequence is in, in a sword sequence is why you see it so often in samurai films. 
unlike in a real street fight where dudes are just going to start pounding on each other and you may take an you know an errant elbow or errant fist but that's far less dangerous than taking an errant fucking you know katana blade to the face so right. yeah so that's why it works better in in, in uh like sword like sword fight movies and in, in samurai films that kind of thing but weirdly enough i did choose my number five is sort of one of those sequences but i i will explain so my number five is from uh tom yung gong or uh, the Protector, 2005's The Protector with uh, Tony Jaw, and it's the staircase scene. That amazing. Can I just say that that is literally is next on my list? Oh, so is it? That's like one of the two movies that is not Americanized on my list. That is my favorite favorite fight scene uh, in that movie. When you said The Protector earlier, I almost said. Oh, I watched the Protector too, but I just watched the I watched the 2005 non Jackie Chan version. The, but, the Chinese uh, one. Right, out, right out of the gate, like amazing, yeah, amazing pick. Like one of my yeah, favorites. It's you know, like there are. T- I mean, there are some some of the best fight sequences in film history are the protagonist, you know, versus the many. Like, you know, Bruce Lee's probably his best action sequences of all time is when in, you know, Fist of Fury, he goes to the, the, the Japanese dojo and beats everybody up. Um, uh, even though, like I said, you know, uh, and I will spoil it. There is no Bruce Lee uh, on this list. Uh, as much as I love, you know, Bruce Lee was probably the most charismatic uh, um, action star, maybe one of the most charismatic action stars of all time period. But, you know, I do think a lot of his films, First off, the, the fight choreography just can't. It does look a little look more sloppy and like, um, you know, a little bit more like, you know, um, uh, less coordinated than modern action films, which could be good or bad. But I also think Bruce Lee films, especially Bruce Lee fight films, are were less about a competitive fight and more just to make fucking Bruce Lee look like a badass. Which is there's nothing wrong with that, but. Uh, it, to me, as a film viewer, it, I don't get as engaged. But like you have that, you have, you know, uh, most no, most uh, recently, Ip Man when he takes on the ten black bells at once in the first Ip Man movie. Um, there's ton. I mean, there's ton. There's tons. Um, there's even multiple Tony Jaw. In fact, there's even later on in the Protector when Tony Jaw go. It's the final fight sequence. He fights a bunch of multiple targets, and it's actually super brutal. But what's so amazing about this? First off, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, it is an eight nine minute sequence until like it's there's the 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 one shot sequence which is like about eight or nine minutes and then there's another like four minutes when he fights when he gets to the top uh and actually fights the guy but first off um for the longest time i thought there was like there's there's no way this is one shot there's a couple sequences when you feel like they could have probably made a you know a very slick edit but first off it was all one shot number two it took they did 10 sequences. They shot it 10 different times. And the one that ended up in the, fi- in the film, I guess, is a legend is that it's, they, they, took, they used the seventh take in the film. But first off, it's, just, it's, it's all one shot, which right there, that's really uh, ambitious and really um, uh, an accomplishment just in cinema. But number one, I thought it was the perfect way to, to showcase... Tony Jaw at this point was still uh, like he was you know, like the new guy. He was like the new guy in the scene, and um, his version like there he uses Muay Thai in the film, and obviously there's you know he has his own take on Muay Thai, but it's so much more brutal and so much more hard hitting than other martial arts that it was the perfect way 
to kind of show his skill because he he's easily just like not easily because that's the thing is you see it as the fight goes on and it's and it's probably one hundred percent real where he is starting to slow down because he's tired. But you know, a lot of times you'll have dudes doing spin kicks or these crazy like acrobatic moves to get rid of these. Um, uh, you know, all of the, the goons coming after you, but Tony Jaws using a fit, just like, you know, elbow strike, foot stomp, like he's using very quick, very hard, very brutal strikes to dispatch of dudes as quickly as possible so he can get to his target. Um, and just the way it's like, it, 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 number one, ultimately, my one of my biggest things is fight sequences should always tell a story. It shouldn't just be about the fight. There should be something that's actually happening in the story. So, and it accomplishes that. And again, it it's so, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, you know, it's so impressive uh, that, you know, you sometimes you you sort of it, in the middle of it sort of take a step back and you, you're you not even, like when he throws the guy over like the fucking railway for like the second time and like you, it, there's so much crazy shit happening that you sort of like almost become desensitized to it so it, sometimes it needs multiple viewings to really appreciate the, uh, uh, just the skill it took but again like I said I think it was perfect for Tony Jaa who at that point was trying to kind of not only become the next big action star but also like say, like, this is why I'm different. I'm not Jackie Chan. I'm not Jet Li. I'm not doing Wing Chun. I'm, I'm fucking doing Thai, you know, kickboxing. I'm doing Muay Thai. And not only that, but I'm doing my own crazy, like, super parkour acrobatic version of Muay Thai. Um, and yeah, just, it's legend. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. That's why it definitely deserves a place in my top five. Nice. Which, which is why for me, it's my number four. Um, because it, it is, uh, again, to your point, James, like everything you said, like hit the nail on the head. Like when I found out that this this uh, scene was just like one take, um, and the fact that it took multiple times, like I was blown away. Like that tells you everything you need to know about like how well prepared that fight sequence would have to be to get that all in one one shot. Um, and you're right, like it is, it ties in well to the story. Like, it's not a one-off, like, just rando fight, right? Um, it, it just, like, it, it adds, I think, an extra element, knowing that there is, like, it does link into the story and it's not just duplicating each other's ass. Um, but, yeah, just beautifully shot, like, beautifully choreographed. Like, um, I, I mean, honestly, hits all the marks when you're talking about, like, a, you know, a, a, what is it considered, like, a extremely long fight sequence when you talk about eight or nine minutes like that does not seem like a lot but in actuality like compared to how like most fight sequences are that's a really long time like to me that's always yep. like double the amount that you see in a normal fight sequence so to have it like that well done on top of the fact that it's twice as long as most fight sequences yep. um it says everything you need to say about it i will say i agree with you wholeheartedly about the Bruce Lee piece like i i almost put uh I almost put Bruce Lee on here. I almost put some fights in Enter the Dragon in there. Um, but I, I do agree with you. Like, I was like, no, nah, you know, I'm going to leave my list. Because really, is it the best fight sequences that are around? No. Like, there, there's yeah. definitely way more. Uh, some some of them are the mind. coolest because because yeah. of the storytelling and Bruce Lee just being cool. Yeah. And the, he does a lot of things, like, with feints and stuff. Like, real, real fighting techniques that you don't really see in martial arts films. But um, it, they kind of deserve its own thing to compare them to modern you know especially the the way that choreograph fights are choreographed these days which is like you know there's like 20 person stunt teams and shit like but yeah and even like first off it's an eight minute sequence but it's not just 
him kicking ass. There's it's he's moving in and out of rooms. There he's he's playing with the environment and like Jackie Chan ways, but in a much more like brutal, like fucking yeah. <laughs> like very ugly, hard hitting ways. Um, and uh, it, then once it goes, once he actually first off, Pete for for our audiences, this is about a guy who's on a mission to rescue his elephant, elephant, which is the weirdest. <laughs> uh, uh, plot point for an action movie I can think Liam of. Ne- Liam Neeson didn't even fight this hard when it was his own kid. Do- exactly. Let's throw that out there. But even <laughs> that fucking br- great sequence when he actually goes and he, you you got the gangsters and you got and in, in a way that the sequence right afterwards, which it's all one sequence, because um, it's he's going to get that guy. He wants to you know find out where they you know they took his elephant. Well, he fights that like gang leader, and at that point, that guy is very much what was going on in. He's very much like a traditional, like, flashy Hong Kong style kung fu martial arts, where these guys like he's really like, acrobatic flips and very slick style. And at first, you know, like you know, uh, Tony Jaw's just like, "Where's my elephant?" And but the guy's kicking him. But when you know, you know, he Tony Jaw gets his elephant's like little bell, you know, leash, whatever thing, and then he just goes fucking hard style on that dude. Like even the, one of my favorite oh, yeah. action moments in all of film of film history when like like the second underling comes at him and he's like trying to do his shit and fucking Tony Joe just steps on his foot and takes him by the face and throws him to the ground and ends up like breaking oh, his yeah. knee. This is the moment, and it was just one thing that was brutal, completely original and fucking hysterical. But uh yeah, dude, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you chose it too because yeah, it's definitely I feel like Tony Jaws becomes sort of uh, you know, he's gonna have his moment again with the with the you know the Monster Hunter, you know the big video oh, game yeah. franchise that they're doing. So he's gonna have his moment in the sun again. But I feel like people forgot, and you know the original Ong Bak, uh, Tom Yung Gong, like his first films were fucking bomb. Like as in, if you're a fan of action films, specifically like martial arts films, Tony Jaa was like, you know, next level. So um, and one thing I actually read about Tony Jaa. You know he's very athletic, and he's got uh, you know apparently people were even said that even for like like action film professionals, like they said his his uh, his energy was insane. Like he could just keep going, but Tony Jaa grew, grew up wanting to be like Jet Li and wanting to be like all these you know Hong Kong style you know action stars, but he didn't know they used wires. So he just thought people could jump that high. So he started training himself to be able to jump that high because he didn't know nobody should be able to do that. And I think that alone that's is insane. fucking amazing. But yeah, so that's my my number five. And then it's your number four? Four. Yeah, so what's okay. your number four? So my number four is my number four best fight. But in my heart, it's my number one as far as it's my all-time favorite fight sequence. Um. And it's because it's from my number one all-time favorite uh, kung fu film, um, and that is uh, the final fight scene between uh, Yu and Biao and Frankie Chan in Prodigal Son. First off, let me just say, Prodigal Son—I I think I brought it up in this podcast before. I think when we talked about martial art films, I think it's one of the—it's my all-time favorite martial art film. And like, there are people with Five Deadly Venoms and you know, End of the Thirty Six Chamber and all the Wu Tang films. I love all of those, but to me, Prodigal Son was like. The, it was like the end of an era and it took everything that was great about those films and just fucking first off the whole pr- pr- uh, premise which is like he's the son of like this rich landowner like this rich guy in town and his dad pays people to throw fights so he thinks like you and you and Biao is one of the three three brothers 
him, Sammo Hung, and Jackie Chan. Like, and I again, you know, Sammo and Jackie became big in the states. Sammo at one point was, you know, on TV and stuff. But Yoon Biao was never broke over in the West. But I think he's he's one of my favorite, if not my all time favorite, martial arts star. But he's great in this. It's got the comedic elements. It's got the really like great drama elements. Sammo Hung, who you know, in old age makeup, playing is like his uh his martial art teacher like when he finds out that his dad's been paying people to throw fights and he's like fuck you dad i i, I want to learn real martial arts and he goes on his own and but the final fight sequence um yeah there's more flashy fight sequences more like impressively acrobatic or whatever but number one it's it tells a fucking like the it's this isn't like um there's like a very believable like rivalry between some guy who used to like who you know beat him up and like fucking dis- disrespect him and didn't think he was shit so now he's gonna fucking get you know basically get his revenge or prove that he is he's not just a piece of you know that he's not like a fake martial artist or whatever but like everything about it is fucking cool and one thing i love about it is it is the most at the time it's so it felt like a real fight, especially compared to like at that period, like all the traditional Shaw Brothers martial art films, which, you know, one of the big moves in this is a fucking headbutt. The thing that turns the tide is this very ugly headbutt. But um the, the actions first off, um Frankie Chan who plays the villain, um uh he's so great in this and he's got such charisma and he's such a weasley looking bad guy, that's why he always play bad guys, but um he takes some bumps in this, you know, it, it's a very simple setting. It's like this old room, like these ruins, like these ruins of like, you know, some like Chinese, like, it's just this really like, like simple, like, uh, you know, like woodland setting with like this broken down. It's basically like, uh, these stone steps and then like, like almost like a bridge. Um, that's all it that takes place on, but there are multiple sequences where, you know the the stunt actors uh and and one of the sequences is actually you know frankie chan actually is the one fucking taking the bump and i'm like holy shit where he basically he jumps up to do a kick and you know basically meets him in the midair and pushes him like basically tosses him and he falls for it's all in one shot falls down these this step of stone stairs oh my god I, i've watched it a million times being like how that not the dude not break his back the fact that it's like, first off, they do something that you, they don't do in American movies, which still boggles my mind, which is, um, and I love it when they do it in Hong Kong films, and this one particularly, is that when some dudes, like, you know, when, like, Frankie punches Yoon in the face, Yoon gets a big-ass fucking red welt in his face, and it doesn't go away, but, you know, the the, the, the sequence, like, with the, t- the tides turn, and it feels like a very real competitive fight, again, specifically for that time, but basically, Yoon Biao headbutts him and creates this big ass hematoma on his head and basically just like in a real fight like real martial artist when somebody is injured he just starts targeting and fucking wailing on this big ugly bloody hematoma on his on the villain's head and basically until the dude just basically collapses and it's so real and so fucking like painful looking but my reason it's my and again if you've never seen it definitely watch it it's a great fucking movie but it's the coolest ending of a fight sequence ever. It's the most like badass, like fuck you ending uh, for a hero. Uh, I won't even spoil it for you. Just watch it. But it's the cool the the last two no seconds. Spoiler. is like 
is just like every time I see it, I'm like, woo, that is badass. So, Prodigal Son, it's a great movie. It's one of the most underrated action films I've ever seen. And like I said, it's it tells a great story, and the end fight sequence feels completely earned. And like, it's not even like you. It's literally like you're seeing two dudes who legitimately have like a. It's not like oh, you killed my dad. Like it, no, it just feels like two dudes who dislike each other for legitimate reasons. And it's a fucking great. It's it's a great ending. So that's always that's always good. I think that's always satisfying in a movie where like you can really understand the the hate that people have for each other while they're yeah. like kicking each other's ass. Um, I will definitely have to check it out. I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, or not in its entirety, so is uh, I will I will track it down and watch it. Sweet, um, and I'll let you know what I think of the fight sequence next time we chat. Um, Sounds good. So my number three is uh, is one I, I personally feel like the, the most edge of the sea moments. I, I, I personally feel like I have when watching an action sequence, especially like a fight sequence, is knowing or finding out like you're watching a sequence that's so brutal and so long and like so well done. And it's not even the pinnacle fight in the entire movie. Um, So you know that there's more to come. And so that's why my, my third has to be the scene uh, in the raid two. It's, it's the kitchen fight scene, Um, which is to me like, yes, the raid one's great. It's literally one entire action sequence, but what I love about this is this is a very like one-on-one fight, but it's funny because like, you know, uh, when he walks into the kitchen, like not only is this kitchen, like it is pristine. So, you know, it's going to get fucked up. (laughs) Um, So if if you have any OCD at all, like you're, you're not going to like this. Um, But on on top of that, it's, it's slow. It's a slow build. Like these are guys that are preparing for battle. Like just the way they move, and kind of like sway around each other just to just to really like kick it off. And then when they do kick it off, I mean, they really kick it off. Um, and <clears throat> but just knowing if you've seen the movie, knowing that that's not even the final step nope. <laughs> in this process, like that's not the boss level guy that he's got to be. And this guy's tough. Um, just I, I love the idea of fighting in a kitchen anyways, because there's so many things around you that you can grab and use. Um, yep. You know. But the one scene that like always makes me cringe. If you ever seen a spoiler, it's uh, they just go crashing through this big glass window into a room full of bottles, and like I assume they're all wine bottles or liquor bottles or something like that. And I'm always like, oh god, you're gonna knock all the bottles over! Like, um, <laughs> it just it, the dumbest reaction you possibly have. But like in a, in a room like that, you're like you're gonna knock everything over. Um, but yeah, I just thought the fight scene was really well done. Um, I, I, again, I, I love a one-on-one fight sometimes. Um, that that's just well done, and it's it's a long scene. It's it's a good seven, six or seven minutes long, um, as well. But it doesn't seem that way. It's it's a very paced. Uh, again, the the music, the tone, the aesthetics, like, um, are, are all tie into that, and obviously it links into the story as well, which um, which also aids to the fact that like. Keeps on the edge of your seat because you know it's just this is just part of that story. But um, yeah, probably one of my all-time favorite uh, fight scenes in a movie, um, especially one that takes place in a kitchen. So, yep. yeah, great choice. I, in fact, I at one point, uh, not that sequence though. That's great sequence. The uh, the one I would have to choose from Raid Two is uh, when he fights Hammer Girl in Baseball Batman. Oh, uh, 
Yes, that is yeah. a phenomenal. That's a, that's a brutal scene. Like, Bru- I have is, to say, fucking the hammer yeah. fight is absolutely grotesque. Um, yeah. Also, speaking totally of hammer, agree. and to an earlier point when I was saying about uh, group fights, uh, not necessarily. It's not like a martial arts movie, but one of my favorite fight sequences ever is the is the hammer hallway fight scene with uh, an old boy. Just because that shit feels oh. like. That shit is- I almost put that on my list. Like that was almost right up there. Like I thought about that like way too late, um, and I didn't get a chance to go back and watch it again. But I do remember from the and we're talking about the original old boy and not the yes. uh, Josh not, Brolin, not the uh, uh, Josh Brolin old boy uh, yeah. version, yes. um, cable old yeah. boy, the original Korean version. Yes. But yeah, no, that's great. If I mean the first raid has, I mean, could have been on here. Um, you know, when he fights the machete yeah. dudes. Well, I, I think that's the hard part, right? Like that's that ties into like our previous conversation of like there's just so many great yeah. fights, like especially so, when you're talking about like you know you're talking about like you know uh, you know Asian cinema, right? Like there's just there's just so much to choose from, yeah. and it's hard. Like sometimes movies have three or four instances from one movie that you could put yeah. that really are top top notch fights. I, I could have filled this whole thing up with just Jackie Chan fights. I mean, literally, yeah. um, which if towards the end of this list it could be <laughs> it, it kind of does turn into that a little bit um so my number three um is well so my my number th- three is the final fight scene between jet lee and billy chow in fist of legend um which is sort of for those who've never seen it it's sort of a remake of fist of fury it's telling the same as sort of historical tale slash kind of tall tale like an embellishment of a historical tale but when Fist of Legend came out, the context was literally this is the greatest fight sequence in film history. When when Fist of Legend came out, which must have been in the early 90s or mid-90s, everybody was talking about this fight sequence is the all-time greatest fight sequence, and it still fucking holds up. Um, first off, talking about long fight sequences, this fucking thing is 14 minutes and 36 seconds long, and it moves quick though. I mean, the whole sequence. The it's there's about two minutes of like setup. So, but basically, it's basically 14 minutes of Jet Li and this dude kicking each other's asses. So Billy Chow basically plays um, this Japanese general who's. So one of the reasons I enjoy this fight sequence is, even though I, I really like when fights feel real and fights feel really like down and dirty or there's like if it doesn't feel choreographed that's not this fight this fight when it's very choreographed uh billy chow in this is almost like superhuman um but kind of plays into that sort of like mythological it's not like a fantasy but there's a mythological aspect to this this historical story in in um japan because basically this is this like this fight sequence between jet lee and billy chow is basically china versus japan it is the you know occupied china trying to fucking finally defend themselves against the tyrannical fucking Japanese occupation. And that's really what's in, it's kind of in, at stake in this movie. Um, but goddamn, this fight sequence just d- keeps going. And, you know, Billy Chow is played, to, like, at the beginning, like, Jet Li has no chance. Like, this guy is, like, you know, taking kicks to the throat and just, you know, and just, you know, brushing him off. And when he fucking kicks and, like, you know, Jet Li dodges, he's, like, kicking stone in half and like breaking out these wooden pillars. Like he's just this bad motherfucker. But, you know, as it goes on, Bill, you know, Jet Li realizes he has to like sort of change up what he's doing. And, you know, he starts using these cool like flicks of his fingers to the eye and, you know, kind of has to do it smart. And then by the end of it, he's just 
is whipping wholesale ass and just doing what Jet Li does best. Um, but again, it's just such a beautifully choreographed fight sequence that balances both a sort of traditional sort of almost operatic kung fu, like Hong Kong style of like highly choreographed, like it's all about beats and it's all about, you know, the rhythm of the fight and making sure that like, uh, you know, the hero is, is always coming, kind of coming from behind a little bit. Like the, you know, you feel like the, the villain is going to beat him. All that stuff is just perfectly, but it also is everything seals like it hits twice as hard. Um, you know, uh, right when you think it's over, it just keeps going. Um, and the, the way it ends, like you think the fight's over, you think the guy's defeated. Nope, he picks up a katana. So we have fucking this Jet Li fight with his belt, which has now become sort of a cliche. People now, like in action film sense, people fight with towels and shit. But at the time, oh, yeah. that wasn't fucking common. And Jet Li using a belt like a pair of nunchucks and making it seem like it was really fucking hurting. Fucking brilliant. And in fact, the way it ends, which I, I guess I'll avoid one spoiler, but the way he uses the, the belt to end the fight was pretty like, oh, fuck. Uh, but that's pretty cool and pretty crazy. Um, but again, a lot of it is literally, I remember when that fight sequence came out and that's all people were talking about. Like all of the uh, film magazines I read, um, you know, all of my, you know, select group of friends who were into like action films and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, everybody was talking about Fist of Legend and rightfully so. And this was, again, this was before Jet Li had his, you know, um, whatever, I forget all of the movies he did that became, uh, you know, uh, there's American films like, uh, but this was well before he got, you know, well known in, in uh, America and was actually making good movies, not the pieces of shit he made when he came over here. Although I did like, uh, I did like him in uh, Lethal Weapon 4 or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, Fizzle Legend, my number three. I did. Very good choice. I, I like, I like the mixture in, uh, in our list here. So some, some good ones. Uh, I'm gonna f- flip it back to to a more Americanized film uh, for for my number two, um, and and I feel like I kind of kind of have to put it on here um, because to me this is this is a scene that it's not. I don't want to say it's it, it's like a as complex as something like The Raid or um, or some of the other movies we talked about, but it, it, it its brutality is. Um, to me, it has always gotten me, and it is actually uh, from the movie uh, Eastern Promises with uh, Oh um, Yes, there is an amazing shower fight scene. Uh, yep, in there with the two assassins, and and that to me is like so gritty. It's so brutal. Yep. Um, I. I had to put somewhere on my list, and I was like, you know, if like a hot topic of fight scene that like really gets me, like keeps me on the edge of my seat, like that is that is one. Like, I mean, anytime you you mix in, and like I yeah, I contemplated like you know, a lot of John Wick because obviously there's so many great fight scenes in that, and that's kind of a similar element of Eastern European yeah. fight. And, and I know we uh, we talk a lot about like you know like Japanese Chinese uh, you know Thai fighting as well, but um, yeah, this is just just the idea of um, these two assassins coming into the shower with not guns, but like with knives, like with hook knives. And, yep. you know, uh, Viggo Morton's character after fighting, like kicking, clawing, scratching, like fighting, like tooth and nail. And it's like brutalist form to to survive, like to the point where he's plunging, you know, 
this guy's head onto his own knife. I mean, um, it, it doesn't, it, I mean, it, it, like we talk about the, you know, the hammer fight scenes, things like that. That's like, that's the realm that that gets me going in when I watch that movie. So that is one that's always stuck out to me. Like, regardless of what I think of the rest of the movie, like that's, uh, that's always been one that's really been, you know, key for me, like a really great fight scene. So, uh, and that is also run realistically, like it's not a, it's a two-on-one scenario, but it, you're in the most vulnerable place you possibly yep. be, which is in the shower. Um, Naked. It's like being, yeah, there's a vulnerability like fighting, to... Yeah, it's like fighting in the can, you know? Like, yep. Um, you know? Um, so, yeah, that is that is my number two. Dude, I'm so fucking glad you brought that up because, one, I love that fucking movie. It's so... David Cronenberg's... He's always in that discussion of my as being my favorite filmmaker of all time, but, you know, he went from doing these body horror and these really, like, art flight movies, yeah. like Crash... To then all of a sudden just making these fucking brilliant sort of action-based dramas and stuff. And uh, no, it's a great fight sequence. Um, did you hear they're actually, it's funny though, that today they announced there's they're actually doing a sequel called oh, really? Dark Look. Yeah, but it's Jason Stays. It's not going to be uh, uh, Viggo Morrison. He's not coming back. First of all, Viggo Morrison's very old um, at this point. Yeah. But it's, it's Jason Statham, which I like Jason Statham, but. He's not the actor that Viggo Mortensen is, but so could be cool no. with Cronenberg if he's yeah. directing. You know, and apparently the, the the script is you know there. So I'm excited because, like I said, I'm such a huge fan of Eastern Promises. Oh, um, that's awesome! A history I'm, I'm, of violence I'm really as well. excited about it. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, I, I you know I was happy to see Cronenberg have this weird second you know renaissance of his career, but doing like these weird sort of like violent action like not like body horror not like these artfully you know because he did spider and stuff right before that but anyways um although if i have to say why i say jason statham i saw a meme today that like perfectly some it's like uh how to sum up the um the uh fast and furious franchise the bald guy teams up with the other bald guy to to fight the bald guy <laughs> like <laughs> that's pretty true. good that's, for very accurate that pretty, um that's pretty good so my number two is uh, I would say I think I'm my for my number uh, two. Um, I think this is probably one most diehard fans would put on. Um, uh, I feel very confident placing it this high because uh, I don't think I'm alone in this. Uh, but it's the first time that Jackie Chan fought Benny the Jet Uquides in Wheels on Meals. Now, I do have a soft spot for the second time they fight in uh, Dragons Forever. I think Dragons Forever is my favorite of the two movies. And they have they have a chemistry in Dragons Forever. The, the fight sequence isn't as long or as like, complex. Uh, but I, I think it's amazing. And I think there's some brutal sequences in the second one, in the second time they, they fought in, in uh, Dragons Forever. But So first off, Meals on Wheels. Great movie. Perfect. It's that quintessential three brothers. You know, Jackie Chan being like you know, cool but funny, and then Sam Hung just being funny, fat and funny, and kind of like a, a dullard, and Yoon Biao being a weird and funny guy. Um, they had sort of, you know, they use that uh, that chemistry in multiple films together. Um, My Lucky Stars and uh, other movies, but uh, the thing I love about this fight sequence, first off, is Jackie Chan found his pure true equal in Benny. Benny was a one of the most well-respected martial arts in the world at this point, a real champion, and he wasn't a Hong Kong-based, you know, stunt man. He wasn't raised on the, you know, the Peking Opera, the Chinese acrobatic. Like he, he was a real martial artist. Um, 
but he he meshed so perfectly with Jackie Chan's fight style. But the reason the fir- this first fight sequence is amazing is there's two, this fight sequence. There's two sides to this fight sequence. The first half, which is one of the most authentically real fight sequences Jackie Chan ever felt, are filmed. It felt truly, truly competitive. Um, and they, like I said, it's very hard hitting. It's very serious. Um, there's some really brutal uh, moments in this fight. But then, you know, halfway through the fight, Jackie Chan like sort of says to himself in character, like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta think of this like a sparring match." And he stops taking it as seriously, and that's when you start to see like he just starts doing like, um, you know, more like kind of like uh, out there moves or like sort of like at one point he uses he tickles him to break a chokehold. So <laughs> it's Jackie Chan going like, <laughs> "I'm getting my ass kicked," you know, trying to take this fight seriously. I need to like loosen up a little bit. And that's when you see the, you know, the fight sort of turn on its head a little bit, but it's a brilliant, it's, it's all about the characters. It's about Jackie Chan's character at this point, but also you see Jackie, like you've never seen him at this point, which first off you get to see Jackie be as fucking fast as you've, he's ever been because he's working with uh, Benny. Who's, you know, like I said, a real life competitive martial artist. And I think, you know, there's legends that said Benny, um, I think it was maybe more towards Dragon Forever where Benny was like, I want you to try to punch me for real. And it really did sort of become like competitive, like in the filming of it, uh, they started to sort of take it almost like seriously. But there's this hint of that, even in the, in this one where you can see like, you know, this isn't Jackie Chan, like doing like flipping between ladders and shit. No, this is Jackie Chan trying to kick somebody's ass for real. Uh, and that's like the sort of vibe. And then again, there's, it's they're the the speed which with their fighting is incredible they still do there's still some comedic elements even the first part but it's so perfectly balanced with the with the actual like sort of like on the edge of your seat fight sequence um and then when it gets to that second part portion it's it's now it's even more entertaining because you still these are two you know amazing fighters but now jackie's sort of like you know going into more traditional jackie chan mode and it's just done so perfectly and again he he he's He's had some amazing fight sequences in his career. Um, even some of his like later stuff, even like Who Am I, the roof scene in the Who Am I at that point. And Jackie Chan was, I think, already in his 40s by that point. Um, he had some great, but he just had a chemistry with Benny the Jet that he's never, like, it, he was never able to do better than that. Um, and that's why it's it's the number two on my list. It, I mean, yeah, I, I think, like, and honestly, we probably should do the, the top like top five Jackie Chan fight sequences like yep. in movies. Like I think that would be a great episode. Um, and, and it's funny enough that like actually Jackie Chan is my number one. Um, <laughs> so um, my, my favorite, one of my favorite all time fight sequences is actually from Jackie Chan's police story. Oh, um, I love it. And is the, it is the, uh, the mall fight sequence, um, which if anybody has like, and again, we, I found this James, you, you and I are older. So we remember, days of going to the mall um yep. and spending a lot of time there and anybody knows like the way especially if you have like two three-story malls growing up like um there, there are a lot of things like that could terrify you about being in a mall um and jackie chan and you know especially in police story you know which is you know and it takes place in the 80s um just kicking wholesale ass like in a mall there are just some amazing scenes in there like jumping off and fighting on escalators. I mean, there's just a scene where he gets thrown through this glass, like railing. Um, 
crashes through a gazebo, lands on the ground. Um, you know, he's throwing people through displays. He's, uh, you know, using racks to beat people. I mean, in typical, in true, to me, true Jackie Chan style, like he's just using anything and everything that is around him to uh, to fight the bad guys. And I always made me laugh as a kid, like, you know, watching a movie like that and then going to a mall, like, like I'm, I just would always walk around, like, imagining Jackie Chan, like, doing flips, like, off the railings and banisters but um and aside that from police story is just a great movie but fucking amazing there's just so many again we, we, you know we talk about a situation where uh you know people are, are kind of fighting and they tend to do like the one-on-one you know situations even in, in a group setting but i felt like in, in especially in this movie and a lot of other jack chan movies they don't take those turns like they're you know he, he's got two or three people piling on him at one time and he's you know moving i mean the dude is fast that's that's the one thing like Especially in his younger days, yeah. dear God, that move, that guy moved like lightning. Um, so it's really just awesome to watch him, even hurt, bleeding. Like the guy still moves with speed um, yeah. as he's flipping around. So um, yeah, Jackie Chan, he, honestly, like he, he's one of my all-time favorites. Anyways, like this is just one that really, like, as a, at a young age, like sealed the deal for me. That Jackie Chan was freaking awesome. The so, fucking man, yeah. Well, it's funny that you. Yeah. It's so funny because. It specifically did not make my list because, to me, it's more than a fight. Like, if it is my number one all time, hands down, no close second, my number one favorite action sequence of all time. But I didn't put it on this list because it, I I have to elevate it to more than just a fight sequence because, the, like you know, there's they're fighting with fucking dirt bikes. I mean, it's like it's the oh, craziest. Yeah. And one thing is that. It's it it never. I mean, my I think the only thing that takes away from me is that they go through so much glass that these dudes would be literally cut to ribbons. Like it's oh, so yeah. unbelievable how much glass they go through. But the one thing that made Jackie so great from the get go is that like Jackie takes damage in his movies. Jackie gets hurt, and not just I mean in real life the dude got hurt, but his he allows his characters to get beat up, which means he's always having to. Uh, he, fight from behind he's always having to fucking and that's one thing that made jackie chan his whole thing was like he might not always be the strongest the fastest he might not even always be the best fighter in the in the movies he makes but he, jackie chan doesn't give up he just keeps going and that it's that spirit that especially in police story fucking police story opens the the, the opening fight action sequence is jackie chan almost getting run over by a double decker bus and two dudes two poor goddamn Chinese stuntman, those dudes taking a header out through glass off the second story of a fucking double decker bus, headfirst in the pavement. There's no pads. Yeah, they oh they might have like padding under their suit because you know that's what they did. They, but dude, yeah. The first time I saw that movie, I was like, this is this is some just, next level just shit. A, just a, uh, they're being on the ground. I mean, that's that's all it was like. They're you know you can't pad your head. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're taking a digger right into the pavement. Well, so yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I, police story is amazing, and yeah, it is it is by far like to your point, like more than just a fight sequence. It is just like a just like nonstop action. Yeah, in, yeah. in every capacity. So yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the whole yeah, the whole like last, even the last sequence at, at the what is it, like the the explosion factory. <laughs> Anyways, the oh, fireworks God. factory. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you. Why you bring up Jackie Chan? Because that brings me into my number one. 
which is the final fight scene in uh, what's known in America as the Legend of Drunken Master, but Drunken Master 2, when he fights Ken Lowe, who was his real-life bodyguard at the time and has been a team, member of Team ja like Jackie's stunt team for like you know, 25, 30 years. First off, Drunken Master 2 is probably the single greatest martial art film of all time because it's fucking perfect. Uh, you know, what it's talking about, it, it's very much like, you know, um, a, like a movie like Fist of Fury, Fist of Legend. It is about Japanese-occupied uh, Hong Kong and about, you know, uh, the subjugation that the Japanese people took to Chinese people and sort of regaining Chinese pride. So it has all of that element in it. It's got Jackie Chan being the funniest he'd ever been up at this point mixed with the craziest fucking action sequences. Um, talk about, like, one guy, even though it's two guys, uh, versus a group of people. The whole, like, bamboo fight, like, basically when everybody's rushing the house, that sequence, I've watched that sequence a hundred times because it's just so insane how much they filmed it. But that fucking final fight sequence is, it's just pure art. It is art, and first off, you know, you had Ken Lowe, who, like I said, was his real-life bodyguard, um, who's, you know, didn't, you know, he, he's been in other things, but he was just so, he's like this tall, handsome, you know, he's taller than Jackie Chan. He's more handsome, traditionally handsome than Jackie Chan. You know, he's wearing nice suits. The I mean, they called him crazy legs for a reason because the dude had kicks, the most insane kicks ever. But, dude, Jackie Chan using, like, the drunken style to basically, first off, if you can talk about all the minutia of the fight, the fact that they're really fighting over real, live, hot coals, the fact that Jackie Chan was literally sitting, like, having to sit down into real hot coals, uh, all these, like, crazy things, like, the real fires that were going on, all these, like, insane things that were really going on when the, during the filming. But the, my favorite thing is, like, you know, it's got such a p perfect rhythm where, you know, it's like, you know, Jackie Chan, it's very much almost like I said, the, the with the Benny the Jet sequence, but instead of this time Jackie Chan going like, I need to be, I need to like, you know, sort of loosen up and not take this as seriously. It's Jackie Chan like going fucking animal style. He's going, he's drinking pure grain alcohol, like, like, uh, you know, kerosene at this point in the movie. And he's basically like losing his mind and he's like becoming brutal Jackie Chan. In fact, the like the last few sequences when he like, you know, picks the dude up and it just every scene is like, oh, fuck, like, it just gets hard, it's getting more and more brutal, but at the same time, more and more crazy, and, like, Jackie Chan's, like, losing his mind, at one point, he just, like, he literally, like, steps away from the fight to just sort of smash these crates, because he's so worked up, and it's just, it's so entertaining, and it's Jackie Chan, at that point, doing something, you know, because even in the first Drunken Master, it's kind of a very similar story, and even, like, some similar beats, but he took everything that was cool about Drunken Master, Drunken drunken style boxing which you know is a real martial art form that cinema has you know kind of took to the nth degree but you know he took everything that was cool about it the first time he did it and just took it to the uh, like the uh you know the most perfect level the, the as high as he could take it and it's a sequence there's there's a there's an unbridled violence to that last fight sequence that you don't see from Jackie Chan. Usually he's the guy that's like, yeah, he's you know, using his environment, but he's not like just going like beast mode on these dudes. And, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's when it's done, when that fight sequence is done, 
it's like you just you 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 as a viewer you're pumped like it's like you are really like you you've gone through the fight sequence with Jackie and Ken Lowe. you 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 like you know you feel burned you feel uh you know drunk you feel all the things that Jackie Chan is feeling and it's just and it's 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 a, one of the most rewatchable fight sequences ever when you know and that's it I think that's saying a lot and it's just it's the perfect end to that perfect movie which has been filled with all these incredible fight sequences and a great mix of Jackie Chan being really funny and just being the most, you know, uh, uh, amazing, you know, uh, martial arts performer and stunt actor of all time. So, very nice, man. Hundred percent agree, Jackie Chan. This one's for you, Jackie Chan. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea that both of y'all's was gonna be Jackie Chan and mine was Jackie Chan. Imagine that, huh? Well, look, look. I mean, before we end this, I mean, it can't be unsaid. People in Jackie, like people in America, think of Jackie Chan as like almost like a joke kind of like no. oh you know like like the guy from you know uh you know shanghai new in rush hour jay chan was fucking brilliant if you've ever heard him talk about filmmaking and what works in actions like in as far as being an action filmmaker the dude has an understanding of what it takes to film a great i mean that's why him and samuel hung being amazing performers and actors went on to be some of the best action film directors especially fight choreographers because they understood what it meant to like people keep people engaged where the camera needed to be where the action needed to be to make sure that the actors are invested in the scene and they're not just you know going through the choreography that they're they're in the care like he he again and again he's you know he basically he took what bruce lee did and made it 10 times more 10 times bigger more funny more entertaining and that's not taking anything away from Bruce Lee. I'm just saying he made it super cinematic and to the well, point where I everybody mean, who's come after him is basically trying to be him at this point. I mean, it's not taking away anything, anything away from Bruce Lee. It's just the the fags. I mean, I'm not trying to be morbid by any means, but the fact that Jackie Chan's been around longer, he was able to do more. Yeah, um, yep, true. And I, I that's think, a great point, actually. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It's not taking away from anything. It's like the debate between who's a better rapper, Tupac or Biggie. Biggie only put out one album. Guess who wins? You know, yep. I mean, that's just unfortunate. You know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Uh, but yeah, Jackie Chan's been so. The fact that we wouldn't have all the other movies like that, you know, like with with, with Tony Jaw, you know, uh, like especially like Umbach movies. Like, I mean, I think. Jackie Chan, thanks to of course Bruce Lee, but Jackie Chan really set a precedent for as far as for like, like the movie, the movie that movie genre in the states. You know, as far as the the blend of like martial arts, of comedy, of action, and even romance. You know, romance. You know, a lot of things. I mean, one one not to turn this into basically Jackie Chan's uh, fucking fan club, suck but, fest. Uh, <laughs> but people understand like at one point in history, Jackie Chan was the biggest movie star in the world he had his fan club had more fucking fan cl- fan members than the beatles ever had he had the more box office you know in the world not just in asia not just in america in the world his movies made more money than any other actor combined like he was at one point the biggest you know movie star in the world because he earned it like he fucking you know first off again just watch what he put himself through to make his movie Cracking his skull open, literally, and almost dying yeah. in Armor of God too. You know, falling out of tree, like dude, jumping dude was, buildings with no wires. Fire, dude, <laughs> dude is dude is a legend. I mean, now he's become like people in China hate him because they think he's a fucking like a, a sellout to uh, the you know the, the communist Chinese government and he's a shill and 
He's very uncool, but I don't give a fuck. I don't Jackie care. Chan Check his Caribbean him. bank accounts, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like an old, but he's also like, he's an old man, like at this point. He's not going to be cool. He's not going to be hip. Like, he's, in the, he's a goofy old man who wears silk pajamas. Like, he's, you know, and sings opera or like, uh, that's the other thing. He was uh, one of the highest selling Chinese uh, um, uh, musical artists of all time as well. His records sold like Rolling Stones records. Jesus Christ. Take, take, take that, Hoff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, this was a good episode. I definitely think we need part two, though. Part two. Yes. And I think we need a Jackie Chan episode. That's what it sounds like. Sure. <laughs> we do. Yes. I can talk about Jackie all day long. Yeah. Uh, well, if you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did, feel free to follow us on the uh, Spotify's uh, and subscribe to us on the uh, Apple Podcast. Leave us a five star review. Don't forget follow us on Twitter at movie at uh, movie misfits pod. Uh, so you know movie misfits, then pod uh, on, on on the Twitter. You'll see uh, uh, our transition from the Tank Rodriguez show into the actually movie misfits podcast. Uh, that'll happen oh, a month from today, uh, for the most part. Uh, it'll happen on January 1st, or whenever we re- uh, release um, our first episode of 2021. So please be ready. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I'm Tank Rodriguez uh, for Jimothy James Dean and Dirty Dirty Derek. This has been Going Commando. Who's closing it out, folks? I think it's simple. I think you already said it. I think that's the way we should end it. So it's for you, Jackie Chan. There we go. Peace. Peace. Peace.